Hello and welcome back to the LifePoint Drivecast. My name is Ben Miller and I'm the campus life pastor for the Marion campus. On today's Drivecast, we're continuing our discussion of the book of Revelation. Though it sometimes can feel a little heavy, this fascinating book of the Bible is more about a present hope than a future calendar. Don't forget that you can work through the daily devotional by clicking the notes button within the Drivecast. Today we're focusing in on Revelation 16, 1-7. So the best way to do this is start out by reading it. I'm going to read it from the ESV. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing that was in the sea died. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel in charge of the waters saying, Just are you, O Holy One, who is and was. For you brought these judgments, for they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. Then I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. I know what you're thinking, wow, another really fun, encouraging, and uplifting message from Revelation. But actually, there are some very interesting things happening here. First, our own hearts often cry for justice. When we see someone mistreated or being taken advantage of, our hearts hurt for them. We want justice. In fact, not that I condone social media, but I like watching the videos where somebody's driving insanely down the road and a police officer pulls them over. There's something in my heart that says, yes. And from the beginning, what we see outside of the Garden of Eden, that Cain killed Abel. And God says that Abel's blood cries out from the ground. In this passage in Revelation 16, we see the introduction to the bowls of God's wrath. These bowls of God's wrath often bring to mind memories of reading through the book of Exodus where the plagues are being poured onto Egypt in order to get Pharaoh to set God's people free. In this case, we're seeing these bowls being poured out on the people of earth. And the first one says that the boils came on people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. This is a direct punishment for the enemies of God. Two of the angels pour bowls into the bodies of water, affecting water biology and drinking water. But in verse 6, we see why. It's because they've shed the blood of the saints and the prophets. God's wrath and justice are going to be poured out onto all of those who persecuted the body of Christ. In verse 7, we see something very special. We see the altar of God actually cries out, saying, Yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. In all of this, I think a lot of us might feel a couple of different emotions. Maybe the first one we feel is a sense of justice. Part of us does want justice for everyone who died for the cause of Christ. We would even love some sense of justice, maybe not death, towards the people who persecuted us for our faith in our lives. Maybe that teacher in high school or that atheist coworker that made fun of you, or maybe you have like an unbelieving family member. The second part of our hearts desires mercy. We see in ourselves those people who are being punished. We feel our own sense of shame for the wrongdoings we've done. And we wish for forgiveness. We're supposed to learn from this passage that there really are a couple of things here. One is a message or warning about preparation. We are to get ready. 
In fact, we see later on in chapter 16, verse 15, where Jesus is speaking and he says, Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked. There's a message here to put your clothes on, get ready for his coming. Or in Matthew 25, Jesus tells the parable of the young ladies needing to keep oil in their lamps because they don't know when the bridegroom will return. Jesus, our bridegroom, will come for us, praise God. And when he does, may he find us going about kingdom work for his glory. I think another lesson we could take away from this passage is one of forgiveness. When we see the sin in our own lives, may it humble us. I pray that it will help shine some light on anyone we might need to forgive. Anyone that we maybe we're supposed to show mercy towards. Do they deserve our forgiveness? Maybe, maybe not. But that's unimportant compared to the fact that we ourselves have been forgiven so much by God. And we should forgive as he does, as hard as that is. Let's pray this morning that God will work in our hearts both a sense of justice and forgiveness. Dear Heavenly Father, you are worthy. You are so worthy. You are worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. You are a just God. And part of us just loves that justice about you. We'd love to see justice done. We know that you planted a seed in our hearts, a sense of justice in our hearts, that when we see justice being done, there's a sense of gratification. And yet, there's another side of you. While you are a just God who must punish sin, you are also full of grace and mercy, full of so many chances. We haven't yet reached our last chance. And in light of that, we pray that you will help us live and love more and more boldly as your return approaches. Help us to live out the gospel and share boldly with those around us. I pray also that we would, we would see this as another opportunity to forgive those who've hurt us, persecuted us, done wrong things to us. Whether they forgive it or not, help us to forgive as you forgive. And we pray all this in your precious name. Amen.